Spiritual Guide to Politics. I am Liz Philippos, and I'm here to offer an expanded perspective into this moment in our collective political lives so that we come to a deeper awareness of our capacity to transform and transcend the present paradigm as agents of transformation. Each week, I talk with creative leaders about their spiritual understanding of the current political moment the possibilities for the well-being of our planetary lives and the life of the planet itself. They inspire us to know that the personal is political and the political is spiritual. There are tremendous possibilities for transformation when we really come to know this. My guest today is Lorna Bright. Lorna is a transformational thought leader, author, musician, speaker, and interfaith minister. She brings her common-sense approach, upbeat humor, and original music to businesses, churches, and organizations nationwide. She is an award-winning songwriter, has produced three CDs of original music. She's also the author of three books— God's Top Ten List, The Cosmic Code for Enlightened Living, which is a metaphysical look at the Ten Commandments, 52 Ways to Let Go of Anything, How to Dump Unwanted Baggage and Enjoy the Journey, and her soon-to-be-released book, The Cosmic Constitution, Ten Universal Principles for a Better World. Lorna is also the creator and host of Be the Voice of Positive Change, which is a telesummit series featuring a number of thought leaders, making the connection between spirituality and politics. Welcome, Lorna. I would love to hear you talk a little bit about your spiritual journey, how you've come to do what you do today. I've had a long spiritual journey. I grew up in Christianity. I graduated from a Christian college uh, where I studied theology. I was actually a music director at a Christian church in Northern California, and the minister there became entrenched in a very, very extreme kind of teaching, and I saw that that was very damaging. And I thought, I don't want to have anything to do with religion or be around people who are religious or anything. If it's not simple, if it doesn't make sense, if it doesn't feel good in my heart, I don't want to have anything to do with it. So for many years, I stayed clear of anything or anyone who talked about God or religion. Through a synchronistic series of events, I found out about New Thought. I started studying New Thought teaching. I became a religious science practitioner. Just recently, I was a minister at a Unity Church here in Arizona. But all that changed in November of 2016. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. I say that I had a huge awakening, but many people had an awakening. You know, many people woke up. And and just to be clear, we're talking about the election in 2016, right? <laughs> right. The day after the election, it was, I was actually in kind of a shock. What were you shocked by? I had been affirming positive movement and living together harmoniously and everything, and so much that had happened during the 2016 primaries 
was so negative and so divisive. And I woke up to realize that there were people who were angry about the way things were going in the country, and they were dissatisfied with their lives and lashing out at people who they saw as contributing to that unhappiness and anger, like Obama or Hillary or Mexicans or Muslims or transgender people, just basically whoever was different, I guess. And they voted for someone who said he would make America great again. I realized that my life was so opposite to all of that. My responses to life are so different than those people who are angry and unhappy and filled with blaming something outside themselves. A big reason for that is because my life is grounded in sacred values or universal principles. Mm -hmm. Sacred values like we all share, Mm -hmm. like love. (laughs) Love your neighbor as yourself. Right. (laughs) Right. Do others as you would have them do unto you. Just that one thing right there is enough to base your whole life on. Right. uh, Your awakening was to the fact that you're living in a different world, that there's different worlds at work in the U.S. Right. And I said for a long time I was kind of in a bubble. My life was going fine, and I was affirming health and prosperity, and and my relationships were great and everything. And I realized that these principles are golden. I realized that these universal principles that I use to create prosperity and health and vitality and uh, healthy relationships are golden, and if they can solve problems in my personal life, that they can solve problems in the collective, mm-hmm. in our collective lives. Mm-hmm. And many people aren't even aware of those principles. So I began to look for ways to do that, to bring universal principles and sacred values to the political or cultural situation. So what you're saying is that in your own life, you've proven principle that you've proven the principle of abundance or that the universe is a friendly place. You've seen the impact of it. And you you mentioned that it helps you to create your life. Can you just talk a little bit about that? I think that so many of us have been practicing these principles for so long and uh, we've internalized them so much that they've become such a part of our life that we don't even realize that there's another (laughs) Another way of living your life is such an automatic thing to wake up and to create or to start your day from a peaceful, balanced place and remembering the truth about yourself and the truth about life and then to go out from there and to allow that to emanate out from you or to affect your environment and your circumstances and your relationships. Having the knowledge, the tools, whether it's saying affirmations or affirming the goodness of life or knowing the universal principles, oneness or respect for all life and those things, it's like the principles that govern the universe, it all fits together in an orderly, systematic fashion. And when we get into alignment with those universal principles, our lives work in an orderly, successful way. I realized that I had been kind of in an insular place. I had been separating myself and that it was time for me to turn outward to apply these principles to every area of my life, and that included politics. So that's interesting when you're describing this awakening. This might be happening to a lot of spiritual people. I was a minister at a small church here in Arizona, and and people were cornering me after church, and they were texting me and emailing me and calling me, and they 
didn't know what to do because they'd never even thought that something other than what they had been affirming for years, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me, that it seemed like just the opposite was happening. So they really didn't even have a language for how to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what set me on a totally uh, new direction Mm -hmm. uh, since then. Can you tell us a little bit about where that's taken you? And also, if you could just explain a little bit about New Thought. Well, the thing that attracted me to New Thought, because it's not a a convoluted system of beliefs, it's not dependent on translating an ancient scripture in just a specific way. It's very simple, and it resonates with your heart, your soul, your mind. It's not so much about teaching you what to believe or what to think or even really how to be. It just presents the highest and best knowledge and wisdom of the ages. New Thought is a compilation, well, actually a a correlation of the revelations of religion, the laws of science, and the opinions of philosophy, and the best practices of psychology. So it takes the best of all of that and puts it together. The basic premise of New Thought, and actually of every major religion and philosophy, is that science is affirming more and more every day is that there's only one power in the universe, Mm -hmm. only one energy in the universe. And so it follows then if there's only one energy or power, that that's what we're made of, and everything and everyone else is made of that. Like Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King said, in a real sense, all of life is interrelated. So that right there, just that one thing, that we are one with everything, If you really get that, then everything begins to fall in place. We don't struggle anymore. We don't build walls. We don't compete. We complement and cooperate because we begin to realize whatever we do for our neighbor, we do it for ourselves. And whatever we do to our neighbor, we're doing it to ourselves because we are all one. That's a little bit about new thought. Yes. After the election, I began to try to find ways of bringing these principles that I had applied to my life to affect political change and to talk about the political situation. And it had never even occurred to me to do that. I began looking for leaders, really. I began looking for people who were doing that, and I'd go to their websites and go to their Uh, social media feeds, and some people weren't saying anything about it at all. Some people were very active and speaking about it. They were my mentors, and I looked to them. The questions that I was having and the questions that people were asking me, I began to realize I need to get this conversation out to the public, and that's what helped me to put together the Telesummit series would be the Voice of Positive Change Telesummit series. You didn't consider yourself a political person prior to the last election. Do you consider yourself a political person now? I grew up in a Christian household. It was an environment where uh, we could discuss things like politics, and uh, both my parents were politically aware. So I grew up in a pretty balanced atmosphere in that way. And there have been times in my life when I was more politically active, but since uh, really devoting myself to spiritual studies, I pulled away. And part of it was that I had taken on the idea that I wasn't supposed to look at things like politics, that I was 
taught the truth that all creation begins within, which is true, but I kind of went insular with that and pulled away as if I wasn't supposed to look at anything other than the good, anything other than what I really wanted to create in my life, Mm. if that makes sense. Yes, that happens a lot, um, people on a spiritual path, that there's so many ways to explain it, but one is, like you're saying, that we're paying so much attention to our inner landscape, and it does invite a withdrawal. Another way to explain it is that we're cultivating fertile ground to express in the world, a spiritual maturity that we can bring to the world of effects that is so disturbing. Right. And you really have to be grounded and balanced in that and and have a really strong understanding. I just realized that after being involved in it for so many years that I was out of balance by not being more in the world. I had become comfortable sitting on my meditation pillow and staying in my quiet little sanctuary here. I wanted to find a place of balance to where I could still be grounded and still be in that peaceful state and that state of knowing that all is well, but be able to look at some major things that were going on in our country and in in the world. And we should say that's how it came to you to act. And it's really a divine impulse that's particular to where you're at. There's so many ways to express ourselves that contribute to raising the vibration Even if we're not attending to anything except our own meditation, having peace in my heart has some contribution to peace on the planet. You'll always want to approach any situation with peace in your heart. And there are those who meditating and praying are helping to elevate the consciousness of the planet. Those of us who are more active, who are out there being more vocal about things or marching in some of the marches and things like that. There are some of us who are writing about it and some of us who are speaking about it. And and I think to be open to that intuitive prompting of how it's going to express through you, we do that in our personal lives. First, you go within, you get clear and calm, and you open yourself to more wisdom. You might be prompted to take action in a certain way that might be different than the way I would do it. That's great. That's what I like about New Thought teachings is that it is so much about our unique expression in the world. We're really asked to be ourselves, to be authentic. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If you're just tuning in now, you're listening to Lorna Bright, who is the organizer of the Positive Change Telesummit. She's just talking to us about the impact of living a spiritual life on politics. Tell us about some of the people that you discovered in your search for teachers. I presume some of them have been part of your telesummits. Yes, there's people that I've always looked to for guidance and wisdom. Uh, my wise counselors, I call them, and I, I've interviewed Dr. Jim Lockhart, who writes a blog called The New Thought Evolutionary. I just love Jim because he was a, a law enforcement officer for 24 years before becoming a minister, so he's been on both sides. I always say he has a balance of the inner and the outer. He's been helpful in helping me to understand things like gun violence and things like that, that that he has firsthand knowledge about. 
Dr. Petra Weldes, who is the spiritual director at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas, has been very helpful. She is more of a frontline person. She works in interfaith community there in Dallas-Fort Worth, and she's helped me to stay grounded and balanced and to remember those truths and to take that time to meditate and to get clear before approaching any situation. This current roster includes Bishop Carlton Pearson. Bishop Pearson and I have kind of the same background. He was mentored by Oral Robert and was attracting huge crowds to his conferences, like 50,000 people, and he had a big global ministry as an evangelical preacher, and he came to the realization that basically that there is no hell, and it set him off on this journey, (laughs) inward journey, and he came to teach and preach what he calls the gospel of inclusion. And actually, there's a movie that's being released on Netflix on April 13th. It's called Come Sunday. It's about this awakening that he had that changed his life. I always say that I put together the telesummit for myself. (laughs) (laughs) It helps me, and I get so uh, charged up about it, and and the the people just help me to get clear about things. You know, the, the things that start whirling around in my mind, maybe something that's happened or something that the president tweeted or something like that, and it kind of pulls me back, you know, to hear these people to hear a different perspective. That's why I have 12 speakers mm. in the Telesummit. What are some of the topics that uh, the people will talk about? Is is it a moderated conversation? Are you part of it? Do you host it? I host it, right. Some of the topics that, uh, that we talk about, like I said, Bishop Pearson's going to discuss the gospel of inclusion. Reverend David Alexander from Portland is going to talk about research Restoring our covenant with one another. I just love hearing him talk about this covenant and the way he he says that. And each of the speakers, I ask them pretty direct questions about current events. Jackie Ford is an advocate for mental health in Scotland, and she talks with members of parliament in the UK and the Scottish parliament about consciousness. So I, I talked with her about mental health, and and I also talked with her about how she does that, how she approaches it. David Alt is a minister out of Atlanta, and he founded the Kaleidoscope Child Foundation, and he has some beautiful stories to tell about getting involved in global action. He founded schools in Cambodia, in India, and Guatemala to provide free education for uh, underprivileged children. It's changed his whole ministry. Beautiful. The speakers are people who are in an engaged spirituality. Their spirituality is not separate from what they do in the world or how they express their spiritual principles and teachings. Right. I interviewed Tracy Brown, who's also out of Dallas. She's a diversity and inclusion strategist, and just an amazing person. She's also a religious science practitioner. Her whole business is helping businesses to incorporate diversity and inclusion. Her approach is from a spiritual basis in Mm -hmm. in everything they do. Yeah, because if you're starting from the principle of 
oneness, then inclusion is just logical. Right, of course. That's becoming so real to me in the last couple of years. It's an interesting principle to note, and I think more and more that in my conversations, when I say spiritual, I mean unity, consciousness, and awareness of our connection. I've had this thought that spirituality is that which connects us all. We're all spiritual beings. We might say, I'm a spiritual person, but it's not like one person is spiritual and another person isn't. It's just an aspect of who we are. It's kind of like saying, I'm a physical person (laughs) or I'm an emotional person. Well, we actually all are. It's just that we lean towards one aspect of ourselves. And I think the more we can come into a real balance about that, because those of us who practice spirituality or lean toward that, we develop that aspect a little bit more. But the idea is that we're elevating that spiritual aspect or our consciousness. And I think that there's been a hesitancy. I can kind of understand because there's like a misunderstanding between religion and spirituality, that we have an agenda rather than being just a way of life that infuses every aspect of our lives. Yes, religion has an institutional or organizational agenda, whereas living in conscious awareness of our spiritual nature is about a way of living. Right. With the rise of white evangelicals supporting Trump to, what, 81%, I can understand why there would be kind of a hesitancy. All the more reason to develop a language or a way of addressing these things so that we can bring spirituality into a more public forum, so there's more understanding about what it really is. You know, the way that religion or God is used in the public eye often gives God a bad name. People that are working with more expansive idea of God should reclaim it. We should take that terrain back. Right. William Barber and what he's doing, and it's kind of taking back those words and taking back the whole moral conversation. Right. We should say that William Barber is the co-founder of the Poor People's Campaign, which is a church-based, faith-based movement. Right. I'm not involved in that, but many of the speakers that I interview are, and I look to what he's doing as an example. He's kind of revitalizing Martin Luther King Jr.'s campaign and working for social justice and equality and helping to rise up all people. And that's what spirituality is all about, elevating all people and the equality and and the oneness and respect for all lives. That's what we're all about. Yes, the better part of the world's population is really just interested in that, finding our way to live in harmony and in peace. And that's why I talk more about universal principles or sacred values. When you think about just the universal principle of love, honor, or freedom, we all want to live freely in body, mind, and spirit. Way down deep in our hearts, we might have suppressed that. That desire or knowledge, this is an opportunity for people of consciousness or heart-centered people to bring those things forward and just get back to those basic values. And I also do the Be the Voice of Positive Change gathering, which is an annual gathering that's in the San Diego area. It'll be happening January, I think it's the 18th through the 20th. A lot of what I really 
came to realize, well, we need to take care of ourselves. We need to take care of one another. People who were coming to me after the presidential election and they really wanted to get a grip on what was happening, they felt kind of isolated. I wanted to create some ways of joining together. The very first thing I did was to create the Cosmic Coalition for Modern Evolution, which is an online community. You can check it out at CosmicCoalitionForModernEvolution.com. It's just a place where we can chat, we can connect with one another. You can find a lot of information of taking us to that higher level, evolving in our consciousness and evolving in our world. I did create a Facebook page for it, um, the Cosmic Coalition for Modern Evolution, if you want to check that out. Basically, I, I started that because right after the election, I wanted to diffuse the divisiveness. And people were coming to me and they said, we want to get involved, but we don't want to deal with all the divisiveness and anger and things like that. So I started a website. This is the Cosmic Coalition for Modern Evolution dot com. And how can people be involved with the Positive Change Telesummit? You can go to bethevoiceofpositivechange.com. You can register. It's a free series of interviews held over 12 days. They're audio interviews. Once you register every day of the Telesummit, you'll receive an email with the link to that interview. It is going to launch April 24th through May 5th. Once someone's interview is up, it's up for the duration of the Telesummit. So if you don't tune in on the first day, well, then you can catch up, and I'll have it live a few days after that, too. Wonderful. Any last thoughts? Anything that you want to leave the listeners with? What's important? What matters? What's true? I just want to encourage everyone to take care of themselves, stay grounded and balanced, Surround yourself with supportive people that are open to sacred values, like they're practicing love, they're practicing compassion, they're practicing respect and honor in their lives. Open up to the possibility of taking a step out of that comfort zone that might take you into a greater expression of life and being open to that intuitive prompting of how that's going to happen Mm -hmm. and not give up. And sometimes when it seems like that there's a lot of negativity around, you know what that means. We're on the verge of something big. And I believe that this is an opportunity for all of us to take that next step. We're moving into a greater expression. We're moving into a world that works for everyone. Be a part of it. Be a part of bringing it about. That's terrific. Thank you so much, Lorna. That's a great inspiration to us all. Thank you for the work that you're doing and for waking up in this new way. So much is coming out of you that serves us all. Thank you, Liz, and thank you for all you're doing. I enjoyed talking with you today. You've been listening to A Spiritual Guide to Politics with my guest, Lorna Bright, who is the creator of the Positive Change Telesummit. You can find out more about Lorna and the Positive Change Telesummit at bethevoiceofpositivechange.com. You can also join the conversation at cosmiccoalitionformodernevolution.com. This is Liz Philippos. Thank you so much for listening.